What's up, world? It's your big bro, Mike Gesser, coming at you with another episode of Addiction Zombie, number four in the series. This is the first episode I got you guys tuning in to. I want you to know that this is all about addiction and them pesky zombies that try to infiltrate our lives and our minds um, and take from us what they can and, and leave nothing but chaos in the wake. Uh, this is my version of an engaging uh, addiction and life skills program designed to really help us develop a more self-reliant, self-empowered, self-regulating lifestyle in the face of our own zombie apocalypse. All right, so today we're talking about communication. We're talking about active sharing, active listening. I wanted to talk to you guys about that. Uh, in addition, I want us to be able to uh, have some insights on putting together our own relapse prevention plan. The idea here is that while that may sound like something, along with all of this may sound like something that, you know, alcohol, drugs are the limit of it all. We know that addictions go beyond, you know, we all have got something in our lives that is an addiction some of those things can be good some of those things can be bad you know you may be addicted to having a, a healthy lifestyle you, you may be addicted to having a roof over your head you know no that's good things um but when those things turn negative you know yes alcohol and drugs but also food sex gambling when those things become things that are just torturous uh, negative do nothing but separate you from your world and your people and yourself those are the kind of things that I want us to give the proverbial double tap to the head all right so sharing listening getting feedback um, just to kind of recap self-preservation is one of those things that we really need to focus on and be aware of the idea that self-preservation ensures that we have a satisfying and productive life it helps us maintain what we already have and grow and develop in ways that allows us to meet future challenges it helps us stay on track and we started off this series talking about that because i wanted you to understand that everything you do and everything you decide to do is based on some reasoning that you have that it is essential for your survival little things you know to survive in your current status to survive in your current uh, household to survive in your current relationships you've determined certain things to be essential um, your feelings are things your thoughts are things that you will um, compensate for especially when you lose control um, especially when you have no answer you know fear rejection things like that I'm gonna get into it in a second um, those are the kind of things that we need to understand that we are making those choices that have come uh, across our plates and we've made those decisions that have become things that uh, are, are now seen as addictions or seen as these zombies in our lives um, because we felt we needed to. And through comfort and connecting those dots, you know, whatever it provided to us for the moment uh, has now become something that has gone above and beyond. And, and so 
by understanding that concept and understanding that, you know, we develop our thoughts and our actions and our beliefs through a process of being presented with a situation and then making a decision about that situation. And then those things are either turning out positive or negative um, and those things becoming part of our automatic thinking then has us continuing to go back to those things when we're not conscious of the fact that we're making these decisions. Our mind will automatically go back to the last thing that made us feel better when we got rejected, the last thing that made us feel better when we fail, failed, or the next last thing that made us feel better um, when it was time to celebrate, you know, whatever it was. You know, whatever we need to do to turn off that negative, our brain will just automatically autopilot mode, go back to it. Now, if that thing led to something bad in your life, you can use that kind of a process. You can know, understanding that process, know that you can, you know, take yourself through the scenarios of if I do this again because I'm sad and I do what I normally would do, that takes me to the Cheesecake Factory or that takes me to McDonald's or that takes me to the bar or that takes me to the dealer's house or whatever it is, um, you know, takes me to the casino. The idea is that we very much so um, have to be able to alternatively think, what if I didn't do that? What if I chose to do something different? Because at the end of those things, I found myself full, broke, uh, hungover, whatever it is. Um, and, and so I don't want to go there. So I, I need to find another way. So what if I just called somebody up and talked to them about it what if i went to a, a meeting you know there's all sorts of meetings out there overeaters sex addicts alcoholics anonymous narcotics anonymous so on and so forth um but there's also you know support systems we have in place our family and our friends and so it's in all of that that really coming out of the end of it is us finding a way to communicate these feelings, communicate these pains, communicate these thoughts that may just have us going down the same old, same old path and that same old, same old decision leading to the same old, same old conclusion. And that's what zombies want. They want mindlessness. They're mindless. They wander in hordes looking for brains to eat, you know, just destroying everything in their path. And that's what those metaphors are in your life. And so we want to be able to come to a place to where we not only understand that we do what we do because we, we need to do it for our survival, but that we learn to do things and we continue to do things because they become part of our autopilot mode. But then at the same time that this is, this is how these things develop in our life, you know, this is how addiction develops in our life is because there's these disconnects that we need to make connections to. We need to, we need to connect the dots. And when we do it in an unhealthy way, and we never divert from that unhealthy way, it becomes part of how our system just is going to continue to regulate or continue to demand that we regulate in those ways. And trust me, your brain will deceive you and make you feel you need to do things that you don't really need to do um, when it comes to easing uh, its, its need for those uh, substances, uh, sugar, you know, endorphins, things like that dopamine um and so with all of that we get to this place to where i want us to understand that and i know this is going to sound real obvious but it's important to understand that everyone on this planet is unique 
and we all experience life differently. We've begun to look over the past few sessions about some of these experiences, and that's what I was talking about, uh, of experience rejection, fear, trauma, you know, et cetera, in our lives, um, and how those disconnects from the world around us have us um, looking for alternative connections. And those things are typically things that aren't going to reject us. We aren't going to reject them. They ain't going to reject us, at least at first. Um, you know, and this very well can be, like I, I talk all the time about the drugs, alcohol, sex, gambling, thrill-seeking, whatever, but it's those surrogate connections being made in our brains that we find this new comfort and control of this process. And that is initially satisfying, but it leads to these developed addictions. And we learn that, um, you know, it's this process, but then there are some people that we believe um, there may be some predisposition to addiction, um, and the introduction of a substance can trigger an addictive cycle. Um, and, and you know, the way you were brought up, you know, who you who you've been around, um, as well as some of these other things here, could be um, all playing parts. So we need to be aware of that. Um, so the cre the key to correcting these things is time. Um, and honesty, and finding a way of reconnecting with ourselves and others. You know, we do this last part by reevaluating our varied life experiences using active sharing and active listening techniques. So basically, the idea is that we need to self reflect on a topic, okay? Maybe, you know, our addiction, uh, a certain segment of our life that's related to that addiction, whatever. And then we need to share those personal thoughts with other people with the understanding that we are ready to openly receive feedback from them. It's in that process of sharing and getting feedback that we can redefo redefine and refocus our thoughts and our beliefs based on that additional information we get, not only from hearing ourselves say these things out loud, not from just the internal... Um, reevaluation of our thoughts and our feelings, but from the feedback we're going to get from somebody that we just shared with. Um, and in, in, that, in, in that new additional, additional information, um, we get new goals. We get, you know, new opportunities present themselves. Um, you know, new ways that we may have not thought of become opportunities in our lives. And that's part of one of the reasons why, you know, we also do the self-assessments. You know, what's the best thing that happened this past week? What's the biggest struggle you had this past week? What's your plans for the upcoming? What's the biggest thing you got to do this week? Uh, what's something you learned this week? What's, you know, who's somebody who needs the appreciation from you this week? How you eat and how you sleep and how you exercising? And we rate our weeks one to ten because it's in that kind of a, of a self-assessment that we kind of get this new knowledge. But it's in based in those kind of questions and our evaluation of our personal thoughts related to all the various situations that we are thinking about that we take that information and share it ask the same questions across the board to whoever you're sharing it with and that becomes something you know us old folks call conversations you know and, and that's a face-to-face -face conversation and i'm being facetious but the idea is that a lot of those things aren't happening these days it's a text here it's a text there I'm not even sure most people even check voicemails or leave voicemails anymore. 
Uh, everybody I know just hangs up and sends a text message. So the idea that the, this verbal communication and this face-to-face -face communication is something that is starting to dwindle would be also a rise uh, in our species uh, and in our generations that could cause uh, a lot of this disconnect feeling, a lot of the separated feelings, a lot of these um, bad, ill will, um, neglected type feelings that we develop and that we live through based on, you know, the world that we are trying to survive in and thrive in. And, and so if we're not able to communicate and connect with it, we, we seek these things out alternatively. And whether that's social media, you know, the internet, or substances. Um, and so now that we get the gist of it, what I want to do is I want to also give you guys a tool that illustrates the real benefit for you being somebody who not only honestly thinks about themselves and honestly shares themselves, but then, you know, is willing to get that feedback, but also somebody who is willing to listen to other people as they share their honest feelings, and then you give them your honest feedback. So you're not just giving and getting, you know, it, it, it works both ways. Um, the idea that you um, have this tool out there, it's old, it's from 1955, it was developed by a Joseph Luft and a Harrington Ingham, uh, Joe and Harry. So it's called the Joe Harry window. And the idea here is that this is a, uh, a tool that you can take a piece of paper it's just to illustrate it for your brain to be able to harness really what the benefit is. You know, why do I need to share my feelings? Why do I need to listen to your feedback? Why do I need to listen to your, you share your questions and, and your feelings and then me have to pay enough attention and be honest and caring enough to give you feedback. Well, why do we need to do that back and forth? Why do I need to ask questions and listen to the answers? You know, why do I need to share my secrets and, and, and listen to your responses to them? Well, this window kind of illustrates the benefit and the reason why we want and need to do those things. Okay, so the Johari window is basically a, uh, a square with divided into four separate squares. Um, if you want to be able to see this um, just as it is with all of this description that I'm going to give you now, you can go to uh, addiction dom uh, excuse me addictionzombie.wordpress.com and there is a link to the workbook that goes along with this program. Uh, it's called Addiction Zombie, uh, the Undead Addiction Workbook. It is available on Amazon. It is relatively inexpensive. I think it's 10, 15 bucks. And the idea here is that everything we're talking about from the beginning to the end, um, all these different series episodes will um, be able to be followed um, and all the tools and visuals, um, all the self-assessment sheets are in there. Uh, all that good stuff for you to be able to have this is there. Uh, so I would recommend it and that's addictionzombie.com wordpress.com um, but right now if you don't got it in your hand the idea is cool just think about grabbing a piece of paper and drawing a big square or splitting the paper um, not cutting it up but literally just draw a line down the middle of it and then draw a line opposite of it to create four quarters um, 
in the upper left corner, we want to label this one our open, our free area. Okay, this is the area of you that is public knowledge. This is what I know about you. This is what you know about you. This is what we all know about you. It's very obvious things about who you are. To the right of that, in the upper right corner, we want to label this number two blind area. Okay, we find the area of that, that this represents is those things in your life that you're blind to, you're unaware of. There are things that we all know about you, but you don't know about you. There, there are things that we can see from our interpretations of you and your physical side, your historical side, your conversations you have with us, um, the insights and feedback we have that we haven't shared with you. That's, that represents the part of you that, that you're, you're blind to. Um, now, down below in the, the lower left corner, we want to label that one hidden area. And that hidden area... This is the part of your life that is only known to you. That is your private area. Nobody else knows anything about that. That's your secrets. That's your thoughts. That's the questions you've never asked. Um, and that's all your private stuff. Now, the final corner in the lower right side, we're going to label this one number four, unknown. That's the unknown area. And this represents all the things about you that no one, including yourself, knows about you. You know, it's in this area that shared and self-discovery occurred. This is where all sorts of unknown revelations and talents can be hidden. You know, you may have never known you, you were a world-class concert pianist or that you were the greatest race car driver that ever lived because you've never sat down at a piano or took a lesson or you've never gotten behind the wheel of a, of a NASCAR. So the idea here is there's all sorts of things that can lead you to thinking about trying new things, or this could be the, these, this is the area where you can realize that maybe sometimes you're a jerk or you can actually realize that you're a pretty cool person, or you can realize that you are strong enough that you realize that, that you have maybe been living this life with your mind thinking you're weak, but the rest of the world thinking you're not and you realizing that you're not and it's in all of this treasure you know that you're going to be going uh hunting for you know you're gold digging you know them, them, them there are some some valuable hills and you want to get into this as much as you can to mine this as much as you can to find the the good sides uh, the the unexpected sides the the revelations you need to be a whole you okay so now we got these four areas, the open free area, the blind area, the hidden area, and the unknown area. Um, and so know that the healthier you are, the larger your open and free area are. So the only way for you to expand your open or free area, which is the stuff that you know about you and we all know about you, is to dip into your hidden area and ask questions that you've never asked and share things you've never shared. Because then what that does is that drops that line down between hidden area and open area because now that information is no longer hidden. You've shared it. So that line gets to drop down past that thing, which also drops the line down into through your unknowns because those lines are all connected. 
so that line running through the middle of your page gets to drop down into your hidden area and your unknown area because those things now are revealed. Um, now to complete the mining into the unknown area, we need to get some feedback. So now that we've asked that question and we shared it, um, the blind area gets to move its line when we receive feedback or answers to those questions. But at the same time, the line that's running up and down on our paper gets to move over completely, which allows not only the blind area to shrink, but the unknown area to shrink. So now if you've looked at both lines moving, um, you, you see that that hidden area is smaller, the open area is free. The blind area is smaller, the open area is free. But now there's a little corner of that unknown area of your life that gets to be revealed. And that's the revelation from you asking a question and getting an answer that could lead you to deciding to, tr to go off and play the piano, deciding to, you know, to give racing a chance or, you know, to decide that, that you're worth it. You know, I really am worth it. I am a really good person. Man, my mind was making me kind of feel this whole other way. And you just discovered it in that little unknown area. So the more you share, the more you ask, the more you get feedback, the more you get answers, the more that unknown area shrinks and shrinks and becomes, and all of those areas become more of the open, free area that, that is representing of our healthy selves. And so the idea that we do this basic act of sharing, we get this basic feedback, is not just a one-way street. Now, that's your window. Everyone has their own window. So for you to help somebody grow their window into healthy and happy and new discovery, you got to listen. And you got to pay attention when you, when you listen. And you got to be able to give them honest feedback. Not just some sweet little sugar-coated feedback that they want to hear. You got to give them honest feedback. You know, and that's what you really got to demand for yourself too. Um, and, I, and I wouldn't even, when it comes to a question or something that I'm sharing, I wouldn't just do it once. I would share that with a lot of people. I would share that with as many people as I trusted about it, as many areas and, and, and different opinions I could get. It's kind of like when you get onto Google and you go for a search. You don't just take the first result that comes up. You, you should always look at a couple of them and then come to your own consensus about what it is that you believe based on multiple points of view. And then you come up with your own decision. That's kind of the same thing here is that you share this thing. You know, the fact that I felt like I wanted to relapse today or something. You know, and you talk to somebody like, man, it's not worth it. Look how good you're doing. Look how healthy you're getting. You know, I think that you're a better person that you now that you're focusing on fixing your life. And man, I like who this is. So you take that in like, wow, do I get respect? It's not just a me thing. I am getting people are noticing and, and I'm looking different and acting different. And, you know, that becomes something that I, I, need to, I needed to hear because now I'm aware. It's a new piece of me. And that diffuses my desire to want to relapse, but also strengthens my desire to want to share things and to want to continue to do things, not just for the, the world around me who sees these things and, and is proud of these things, but that's part of it, but also because that, those things instill something in me that is self-esteem associated with, um, relationship associated with, um, and then our own personal edification and growth.
associated with, which those are the top three areas in, in, the, in Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And that's that pyramid we talked about where the bottom of it is your basic needs. Uh, above that is like security needs, and then it's relationship needs, self-esteem needs. And then the top of that pyramid is our ability to explore uh, and expand our, our, our lives in, in any and every way that we can, um, our own growth. And, and so it's in this that we're seeing those basic needs are getting met. And when those basic needs are getting met, we're tapping into something. We're tapping into these insights. Um, it's in this back and forth that we grow, you know. Um, and you don't have to agree. Again, that's why I ask you to, to ask multiple people. You know, you don't have to agree with all the feedback you get. Um, some people may have their own motivation for what's going on in their lives or how they're feeling about things. You know, maybe they're not in a good state to be giving you good feedback. Uh, and so then you just, you know, um, you need to be able to seek multiple sources. Now, if multiple sources are giving you the same feedback, sometimes you need to realize the truth hurts. Um, and that's something that you need to consider. You know, if that person that you're sharing with was somebody that you trusted enough to share and trusted that they would respond honestly and that they have your best interests at heart, then you need to understand that something's going on. And if the truth hurts, it hurts, but we can do something about it. You know, physical or being verbally rejected um, is something that we don't want to do. We don't want to physically or verbally reject somebody giving us feedback because it's going to have them shut down. And you're going to shut down or they're going to start to, you're going to see that shut down or you're going to start to see them filtering their responses. And it's in that that we stop getting uh, the honesty we need to grow. You're going to start to um, hinder your growth, you know. And so um, we don't want to lash back at people who say things that are their honest opinions, regardless of if they hurt. You know, that is their honest opinion. You, you, you thought enough of them to share this with them. You need to think enough of them to take whatever it is. And at the same time, when you're sharing with somebody, if they don't take it nice, you know, you can trust and, and be assured that you had their best interest at heart. You can share that, that you had their best, you have their best interest at heart. And, and, you know, they're going to have to process those, 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 uh, feelings and, and that feedback, uh, in their own way. But you need to be brutally honest to yourself and to others about these things. Now you can use some etiquette and all, you don't have to come off like a jerk, but the idea here is that you want to be able to do this. You want to be able to do it honestly. You want to do it consistently. You want to be doing it all the time. And, and you, you want to be able to have this be something that definitely is working both ways. Because then you're just helping to build those up, those people around you. Build up those people around you. And, and when you're building up those people around you, it, it really makes your support system. It really makes your community that you interact with um, more connected. And, and more... Uh, of co of these conversations that happen um, that are face-to-face -face or verbally versus text message and emailing and posts and stuff like that, um, the better it is. Um, 
you know, the happier we are. We can see a smile, and when we share a smile, that's contagious. When we, when we do something out of courtesy and, and we have compassion for everyone around us, that's something that we get back. We don't do it because we get it back. We do it because that's who we are, and we're putting out as much as we can in the world. But the reality is, is those things definitely come back, um, and it's important to understand. Um, and, and so, you know, you're opening up, you're asking these questions, you're sharing your private thoughts, you know, and it's in that definition of, of active sharing, you know, for that active sharing, we want to be able to um, work it like a muscle. The more we do it, the stronger it's going to be. You know, we want to be willing to, to share those thoughts, ask them questions, openly receive that feedback. You know, active listen to others when they share. Give them that honest feedback. We want to be able to self-reflect on all that, that knowledge we gained every day. We want to be able to self-reflect on it. And we want to be able to have that be part of the foundation when we go into self-assessing ourselves and seeing how what's the best thing, the worst thing, our plans for the week, how we eat and sleep and exercise, and what's something we learned, What's something we learned? What's something we learned? I'm saying it like that because mm -hmm. you just learned something. And, you know, who do we need to show appreciation to? You may just have discovered who you need to show appreciation to because they just uh, uh, gave you some insight that rocked your world, that opened your eyes, that was the key to the hidden door that is going to make your life a whole nother life. And that's not me being over exaggerated i am telling you you just do not know the words that are going to unlock change in you and so the idea here is to be able to you know even scientifically run yourself across as many samples or many situations as you can and gather as many of those samples of those situations so that you have a better pool of knowledge to make your decisions on to motivate your decisions, support your decisions. Um, and so now that we got that ball rolling, we've got that understanding of just how important it is. You know, it does take the power away from our feelings of relapsing. It does take the power away from those thoughts that are connected. It does allow us with all of these things to start to understand the roadmap that led us to where we are, but then also allows us to develop a new roadmap to take us where we want to go and we even did that with our before and after an episode or two ago that before what we are doing right now and what we have right now and what we would our dream life would be and how we got to see it we got to believe it and we got to do it um it, it's in those kind of things that i want to also add beyond the jahari window which is awesome you know, now you know the reason why it's important for you to share your feelings and for, for you to listen to people because it's how you grow. It's how you find your new talents. It's how you develop and become the you you deserve to be. Um, and it's in those skills that you have that you will be able to effectively and efficiently ward off these addiction zombies in your life to remove in a very efficient way them from your surroundings um, and then learn to develop ways of avoiding them altogether and that leads me into our relapse prevention planning 
So these are some good things here, and this is something that you're going to want to go through and you're going to want to update regularly because it is us preemptively putting in place the things we need to do to prevent us from relapsing. Again, the idea here is that these things can be universal. These things are us addressing, um, premeditating our answers to situations that on the fly could have us just running back to that thing. Um, instead, because now we're premeditating these things, we have a better shot of being able to remember these answers when it comes time for us to need to have these answers answered in the, on, you know, in a situation that's, you know, high risk. Um, and so this is, this is like another one of those pieces of paper that you can, you can start to develop right now. You can pause this and rewind till you get all these questions written down. Or again, you can go to addictionzombie.wordpress.com and there's a link on the right in the menu that will take you to Amazon where you can get this workbook in its entirety. Um, and I believe it's even there in ebook and print. So whatever's clever for you. Um, but this relapse prevention plan is basic. And what it is, again, is something that you will be able to kind of ask these things, put these things in place of yourself uh, or for yourself and um, even come back to when you start to feel these things as your answer sheet, your cheat sheet for what you should do. A um, whole lot of coping skills we're going to be getting to real soon. Um, but all of the things we're doing now is basically basically building that foundation, but all in themselves, pretty good uh, coping skills, you know, because if you're running yourself and you're focusing on these things, you know, and, and every day you're, you're making sure you get enough sleep and you're getting enough good uh, nutrition and you're moving your body um, efficiently to get your heart rate up and to get your legs and your arms moving, um, you know, and you're so focused on learning new things and you're so focused on sharing appreciation, you're so focused on communication back and forth, you got a lot of the basic, uh, you know, superpowers in place, okay? Um, so this relapse prevention plan is basically got a couple parts to it. So the first part is you will include um, some different ways that you may want to um, follow certain things or, or have certain things in your life um, in your plan. So what, what that says is um, I'm going to include in my relapse prevention plan a self-help program like AANA, Overeaters Anonymous, Sex Addicts Anonymous, Gamblers Anonymous, something like that, church, uh, men's group, women's group, whatever. Um, I'm going to include a proper diet, proper exercise, um, proper sleep schedule. I'm going to have some spiritual development in my program, um, looking at something that's bigger than you and having that be something that can be a source of energy, source of power, source of uh, all kinds of good stuff. Um, are you going to have something like that in there? Um, are you going to have morning and evening inventories, which I feel are essential? It's that list making. It's that self-assessments. It's those things that you do. Like, what do I need to get done today? What did I get done today? What can I, you know, what's the best thing that happened today? What's the worst thing that happened today? Same questions you can ask you, yourself that allows you to have those inventories. Um, and so beyond the eating, sleeping, exercising, 
um, that's one of those that I would definitely, and you, can, you obviously can tell that I'm going to want you to have in your plan. Now, spiritual development, that's up to you. I'm not getting on it. But the idea of self-help programs, where you live, may may not have some of those groups that you need to get to. Um, you know, there may be online versions of them that you can get to. Um, that you may choose to do you know, men's group, women's group, something like that, some sort of a, a, a program that allows you to volunteer in the community. You know, that can be something that, that could be um, a good source of community for you. Um, to have some conversations with, you know, same thing with identifying your support system around you. Um, it's good stuff, and we're going to get into more of that. But, you know, what things are you going to include? Um, just as, as a whole, I want you to list. The second part, um, and this is where some of that premeditating comes in, is as a way of premeditating your responses in the future, I want you to answer the following things. What direct action can I take when I'm feeling lonely? What's something I can do when I start to feel lonely? I can get around people. I can call somebody. I can visit somebody. I can go to the store. Uh, I can go to the mall. I can go to a meeting. And, you know, so on and so forth. What is your answer? What direct action can you take when you start feeling lonely? What direction act or action can you take? Uh, what direct action can you take when you're feeling nervous? What's something you do when you feel nervous? Can you talk to somebody about it? Can you meditate on it? Can you step away from it? Can you go for a walk? Can you address it with yourself? Yeah. Reflect on it yourself? Yeah. But have that conversation outside with somebody um, to ease those nerves. Mm -hmm. What direct action can you take when you're feeling frustrated or angry? Go for a walk. Count to ten. Tell whoever you're getting frustrated or angry with that, that you need to take a time out and that if you, it's somebody that you care about, let them know that you do care about resolving this and you do care about them and the situation, but you need to take a time out because you're getting frustrated or angry. That'll work. But what is your answer? What is your direct action that you'll take when you start to feel frustrated or angry? What direct action can you take when... You're not getting along with your friends and your family. What's something you can do when not, you're not getting along with your friends and your family? What direct action can you take when your recovery begins to feel boring or un unimportant? It's a big one. You know, what are you going to do when your recovery begins to feel boring or unimportant? You got to answer that one. It is what it is. You gonna re-engage? You gonna dig in a little deeper? You gonna share the fact that you're starting to feel bored, or that you're starting to feel like this isn't as important? Yeah. Especially to somebody who is going through the same thing thing you're going through, for the same thing that you're going through. It's kind of why them self-help groups are good, because people are all different stages and going there and saying man this starts to feel boring and they, they're going to be able to tell you how they feel about it and how yeah they've been there before any and every feeling you got about all this is not going to be something that no one else in the world has ever felt you know it's not unique but you are unique and so those feelings you're having 
need to have a connection with somebody else, something else that has been there and done that. And I think that that's something that uh, is a real good opportunity for conversation and communication. And so those questions again real quick. What are you going to do when you start to feel lonely? What are you going to do when you start to feel nervous, frustrated, and angry? Not getting along with your family and friends? A feeling that your recovery is getting boring or unimportant? Next section I want you to do is I want you to make a list of high-risk people and places that you need to avoid. What high-risk people do you need to avoid to keep yourself in line and on track with your goals for your addiction? You know, you may not be able to go hang out with your buddy who's been supplying you with your dope. You may not be able to go over to the neighborhood where you know you can knock on just a few doors on any street and get what you need. You may not need be able to hang out with your buddy who isn't respecting the fact that you're working on your diet or those people that you would run around with when it comes to your other addictions. Nor could you just find yourself again, like in a casino or in a in a in a bakery or or anywhere that you would find yourself tempted. And the idea that you could have these things in your life, um, they're going to be in the world around you anyway. But to have these things in your life, to where you can accidentally trip, fall, and land on them, needs to be something that you premeditate moving yourself a far enough distance from that you even if you trip fall and skin your knee you ain't landed on that thing um just by you putting yourself in the environment it's relapse second you start thinking about relapse it's relapse the moment you start to do those things it's that lapse is already in the in in the works um you know, there's a couple of different versions of this, and this elevates mm-hmm. in our in our minds in the way that we think about things, um, and, and those things very quickly go from thoughts and emotions to physical, and those urges and cravings go from that craving of just wanting it to that urge of getting in the car and going to get it, and so we need to be not in any place that we could find ourselves even having the ability to get it or to do it when that is our focus or to limit our ability to get it when this is our focus. Okay, now, next, once you get those high-risk people and high-risk situations uh, out of the way, who is someone who, who you can give, who can give you support in a time of need? Who is someone who can give you support in a time of need? Sorry, I stumbled across that one. Um... Name and number. Names and numbers. Who is, are those people that you can get support from? Um, and that you can give support to if they need. Um, what are the signs and symptoms that indicate you're heading towards relapse? What are those thoughts and feelings that you have? And a real good exercise, I feel, was one I learned when it came to um, helping people with uh, tobacco issues or trying to recover from cigarettes uh, and, and quit cigarettes is think about your day think about all those times where you would smoke 
And if it was while you were after you ate breakfast or while you were driving to work or when you're on break or when you started feeling stressed, you need to put in place a plan that will counter that. Because if you don't have no plan, well, then there's no other option. But if you have yourself in a place to where you have a couple of options, you know, where I'm going to smoke, I'm not going to smoke or I'm going to chew some gum. You then have some options. You know, the idea here that you um, are going to be driving and you always smoke when you drive or you're going to have a break. You always smoke on your break or you always smoke after you eat. You know, have some gum in place, have some sunflower seeds in place, have some pretzel sticks in place, carrot sticks in place, um, have the, the plan to go for a walk or to do some push-ups, um, you know, have some other activity preemptively put in place to where when you start to think about these things, you can employ that versus just the only option that you're used to, which is to do that thing. So what are the signs and symptoms that indicate you're heading towards relapse? Beyond that mapping out of it all, of when you would use, but what are the signs? Like, I'm getting frustrated, I'm getting angry, I'm happy, uh, I want to celebrate. You know, what are the symptoms? Uh, I'm clenching my fist, I'm clenching my teeth. Um, I'm stressing, I'm worrying, um, you know, I'm bored, you know, all of those things. What are those things for you particularly is it that show that you're heading towards going back down an ugly path? All right. And then the last two parts here, kind of back and forth with each other, is what are the consequences if I relapse? So let's say I relapse. How's that going to affect me to myself? Um, how's it going to affect my family too? And how's it going to affect society? How could it affect society? Now, depending on the thing it is, um, you may need to think bigger. You know, the idea of relapsing for yourself can have its own consequences. For your family, that could be more devastating consequences. For society as a whole, um, you know, if that thing is drinking and driving, it could be a major consequence for society if you relapse. Um, and then on the other end of that, what are the benefits if I remain in recovery? What are the benefits are uh, for yourself are there when you stay in recovery? What are the benefits to your family if you stay in recovery? What's the benefits to society if you stay in recovery? Okay. And so it's in those things that I want you to be able to um, regularly update every time you think about it, but honestly, at least every 30, 90 days, um, as life happens and you get enough time between you and the negative impact this thing has put into your life, you can kind of go back in and read what you wrote last time, update it for what you feel like it could be now. A lot of those names may change. Um, a lot of those places may change. Um, maybe new insight would have you um, based on what you're learning, answer questions a little differently than you did um, the last time you did this. Uh, but it's one of those, those documents that you want to kind of keep in place. Um, but understanding all of these elements are really what's going to put this great foundation into place. And, and honestly, all of the things that we're talking about while it's applying to this addiction that we're talking about um, is something that really could benefit anybody, in my opinion. I don't think this has to be somebody who has identified 
you know, what's going on with them when it comes to an addiction. But the reality of it is if I know everything I do is done because it's my determination for my survival that it has to be done and that I learn things based on the process of doing them and automatically calculating those responses so that in the future anything related to it becomes something that I answer that way and knowing that sometimes that process can be faulty or wrong and and I do those things and they become things that I rely on that now as a different person with different goals I shouldn't continue to rely on those old processes and beliefs that come out of it um, and the idea that the fact that I disconnect from the world and I isolate myself and I shut down can cause me to separate from a lot of the things that make me human and part of the world and in that I'm going to try to find alternative ways of connecting with something and those things are going to be things that don't reject us and are typically going to turn very unhealthy probably pretty quickly and that to resolve this I need to be able to open back up and reconnect with the world and find out you know what motivates me and and put some good rewards in my my path and start having talks with people about my feelings and and you know let people talk to me about their feelings and all this back and forth really the revelation that comes from it is going to lead me to this new place and if i preemptively think about things when they present themselves in my real day-to-day -day life i will have already had good solid answers when i was in my calm right mind that are going to help to benefit me moving forward yeah that's a process that anyone and everyone should be doing and and, and could benefit from gone should be doing just could benefit from and then the the whole preach about you eating and sleeping and you're exercising you're learning and you're appreciating that's normal people everyday healthy society stuff but there are things that we can look at and track and when we're blind in an autopilot mode, yeah. When we're in zombie mode, yeah, we don't think about those things and we're going to make decisions all half-ass and willy-nilly. But when we have the, that, that concentration and that understanding of those things, it really does become something that we can pull on. Even if they're just a fraction of what we're thinking about. You know, they're, just, they're, they're off to the side of our brain, but we know they're there. There's a moment in our time where we actually sat and pondered those things. They become things that I believe get filed away differently in our brains. And now our decisions and, our, and, our, and the way that we think and act about things is, is shifted because we're, we've thought about those things being important for who we are and the foundational building blocks for what we're doing. And when we really do find that thing we are passionate about and good, good uh, with doing and, and wanting that goal to accomplish, it's in all of those things that we have, the peace of mind, the physical strength, um, and the know-how to get it and to do it and to believe we can do it with our honest and open hearts. And so with that, I say thanks for listening today. We'll be back next week with another one of these. Um, if you're listening to them all at once, well, then it'll be just a click and you'll have the next one. But beyond that um i'm gonna ask you it's the best thing to have this past week it's the biggest struggle you had this past week what's the biggest thing you got to do this upcoming week 
What's something you learned this week? Who's something in your life? What's something in your life that you need to show appreciation to? How you eating? How you sleeping? How you exercising? Would you rate your week 1 to 10? Why'd you rate it that way and not another way? Why would you rate your week that and not a, a, a 10? And, and why'd you rate your week that and not a 5? And the answers to those questions become part of the process. What'd you rate your, yourself last week? What do you think you're going to rate yourself next week? All good stuff. Just like y'all are good. All right. It's a big bro Mike. Addiction zombie. I'm out. Hey, you made it this far. Right on. Well, thanks for listening. I want to give you some ways of reaching out and engaging with me beyond the podcast itself. Even though it originated from anchor.fm slash addiction zombie, you may have got it through Spotify or Google or a few other places that it's also uploaded to. Um, I want you to be able to reach out to me on Instagram, which is addiction zombie. And you can get me um, my blog, but also links to the workbook that goes along with this podcast, um, which is called addiction zombie, the undead addiction workbook. And that is available on Amazon, but through the WordPress website, uh, you can get the link directly to it. At the same time, my blog has got all kinds of other zombie-related news and fun stuff there as well. Um, I do have a a trilogy that I wrote called Undead Weapons that um, you'll notice on this channel also has its own podcasts that uh, are being uploaded as I do them uh, in episode format and... That is me reading the books themselves um, in little two, three chapter segments. It's all there. It's all me. It's your big bro, Mike. Hope you're well. Be good. I'm out.